This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. How's it going, everybody? I'm Conrad Thompson, and this is WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff and WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. So a round of applause for a couple Hall of Famers. So we're talking about growing our community today, and uh, I realize that our topic or our subject of our podcast is a little weird, but that's what we're about, right? The niche podcasting in this room, and ours is about the nostalgia of professional wrestling. Uh, and so as crazy as that may sound, what we've been able to do is leverage the nostalgia and grow a community. And one of the ways we do that is through engagement, surprise. Uh, but the social media engagement is a big piece. And we actually started doing all of our shows where we let our listeners pick the topics. Talk to us about that, how, how that worked, Eric. Simple, put it out on social media. What would you like to talk about in next week's episode? Get that input. And sometimes, you know, you, you get feedback that you kind of anticipated. Uh, other times you get fresh feedback and you come up ideas, for ideas with shows that you, maybe you didn't think would be that interesting. But the most important part is you've kind of given your audience a little bit of control or at least feeling like they have control just makes them more engaged. Yeah, that's exactly right. The idea is, you know, the psychology behind sales is people do business with who they know, like, and trust. But additionally, they also want to feel like they're a part of the process. Uh, for instance, Jeff Jarrett made the decision of what he was wearing today. I guess it was all black and it was pretty easy to pick. But the point is, he decided that, hey, this is what I want to wear today. Therefore, that was the right call. The psychology behind if I pick it, it's the right choice. They would take ownership in our show, if that makes sense. So we don't want to just create content that we want to talk about and just to hear ourselves talk. We want to sell you what you're buying. And the best way to do that is to just ask, hey, what do you want to hear next week? Gather that feedback, put it up on a poll, and then promote it through all of your social, through your shows, and then they get the topic they want. Right, Jeff? That's true. The um, one thing I've kind of found, I'm, he's been doing it seven years, eight years, Eric, three, four, five, I may get it wrong. I've just reached 70 uh, weeks podcast. Uh, but the one thing that, uh, like any product uh, that you sell, uh, it has to um, really solve a problem for them. And, and I know they sound weird in a podcast, but for me is we, we say this on my podcast, give them the story behind the story. And when we do a topic, I kind of try to think through uh, what they don't know. And what they don't know is really my personal experience. And Conrad, uh, the co-host, guides us through it. But at the end of the day, they feel that they got access to information that they couldn't get anywhere else. And that's what our fan base, what our listener base is all about is they want access, peeking behind the curtain, and that's what we give them. That's the problem we solve for them. Yeah, and I think problem solving is really the number one trick of sales. And everybody in the room, whether you want to acknowledge this or not, you're in sales. So when you, you wrap your head around that, life gets a little easier as far as revenue creation and growing an audience and all that. But the social media piece also goes beyond just the polls. We want our show to not feel a sense of sameness. And if you're two or three or four years into a podcast, you eventually start to say, well, what are we going to talk about this week? And how can we keep people interested? Well, one of our secret sauces, Eric, is our ability to do fun, silly graphics every single week. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Unfortunately, Dave Silva isn't here. But Dave Silva is really the... Uh 
He's, he's the Wizard of Oz behind a lot of this because he makes our shows way more interesting than they really are with some of his graphics. And I mean, he does amazing work, but it's lighthearted, it's fun. It, it, it really encourages people in social media to check out this show because a lot of his artwork is done with a, a sense of humor to it and an exaggeration or a parody of some sort. And he does a really, really good job. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we started off uh, early, when, when you started off early, things worked as well as they did is because those graphics made the promotion for those podcasts so damn interesting. I have to check out the podcasts to see if it's as good as the graphics used to, to pitch it, and, and they are. But I think a sense of humor in your promotion is, again, depending on what your shows are, not every show lends itself to being a sense of uh, humor, necessarily doesn't work, but some do, and if you can find that, I think that's helpful. And I think most folks know this, but as you're scrolling through your feed, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you can get a certain amount of traction with just words, but when you can associate an image with it or a video with it or a graphic with it, it makes it stand out more. But what I found is other podcasts in the space, they just kept tweeting their show logo. And I guess that's okay, but even if you went to monetize that, well, now you have one thing. You have just the show logo. So we have for each individual story, and to give you an example, we go really specific. So we wouldn't necessarily have a broad topic with Eric about, hey, tell us about Monday Nitro in 1997. No, we would say on this upcoming anniversary week, hey, tell us about the Labor Day episode of Nitro in 1996. Now that sounds awfully specific, but because we're nostalgia-based, we're catering to a niche audience who really remembers that particular show when they were in middle school or high school. Our average listener is 40. Easy. Well, there you go. There you go. Our average listener is about my age, so they're about 41 years old. And so they want to hear about, you know, the stuff of their peak fandom. I mean, in the room, we could probably talk a lot about 80s Lakers basketball or 90s NBA, you know, Chicago Bulls, whatever. But for this niche audience of wrestling, that topic-driven subject uh where it's where it's one one topic in long form for like two hours we're going to talk about this one episode of two hour television but the build up to it and the creation to it well how do we convey that and make it seem fun or interesting we take like a movie poster from 1996 that maybe all of us remember and we photoshop our faces on there and put us in precarious silly outfits or discussions maybe it has nothing to do with the topic but as you're scrolling twitter as you're scrolling instagram as you're scrolling facebook hey what the heck is this so they stop, they look, they see the title of the show when it comes out. Oh, okay, I'll check that out. And over time, that really, really works. Uh, but the other thing we do with this, Jeff, is we, we don't just do the audio. We simulcast on YouTube. And now folks actually get to see your reactions. Tell us about that. And I was just on the, the, uh, the images. The one thing that, that when I was on the outside looking in and watching these guys is a lot of the images that I think resonates. We don't take ourselves so serious. It was a serious event and lots of behind the scenes stories and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of self-deprecation. I think as a, as, a, as a fan or a listener, that resonated with me. And then, like you said, the pop culture images. Uh, but to go into your question, the YouTube um, version, if you will, is something that I continue to get massive amount of feedback on my social medias because it's real time of him asking me the question, me responding, us talking about it. Sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's emotional. Most of the time it's back and forth, jabbing each other, but we still 
put the meat on the bone and tell the story. But those YouTube clips that we, uh, you can w go on our YouTube channels and watch all two hours or two and a half hours or whatever it may be. But when we chop it up in 45 second bite size, it's like a movie trailer. It's in our team. Uh, that's put together, they clip it up and take little snippets out. And even my wife, she'll watch a snippet of a show that goes back 25 years ago, who she has zero interest in, but she'll watch the clip and go, Hey, I want to, I want to listen to that. That's that, that tells me it's resonating with, if it's resonating with my spouse, I know uh, a, a longtime wrestling fan uh, will dive into it. Yeah, so to elaborate on that, if we're talking about a specific topic, like let's call it, since we mentioned it earlier, Labor Day Nitro 1996, we would actually, through social, post clips of that show saying, hey, remember this? Well, hear Eric talk all about it this Monday on 83 Weeks, or get it early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com, which is our paywall, which we'll tell you about in just a moment. But we get people's appetite wet as like a, a memory jogger of what happened on that show and why they should care. But then, Eric, they get to see clips of us talking about it. And through the course of our show, Eric and I have had some pretty legendary fights where we're hooting and hollering and screaming at each other. And he's arguing his point, and I'm arguing my point. Now, to be clear, we like each other, and it's not wink, wink, fake like wrestling or whatever you may be thinking. Hey, hey. All right. You get where I'm going. But, but, but the idea is he really believes what he believes and I really believe what I believe. But at the end of the day, we're doing a show, much like talk radio. And so we're trying to present countering opinions that neither one are really false opinions. It really is the way we believe. But we're arguing passionately and then the fans just, they love that. But to get to see the video of these freakouts or responses, that is something you can clip up and post all over social too, right, Eric? It is, and you know, fortunately, all of us that are a part of the Podfather's podcast kingdom, um, we've all spent a fair amount of time on camera, and we're all pretty comfortable on camera, uh, which makes it easier th than perhaps for, than it does for people who have not spent time on camera. But if you think about it, you know, when, when you're telling a story, whether it's a funny story, or whether it's an emotional story, a personal story, uh, or, you know, we're going at each other's throat because we have a difference of opinion about something. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's always entertaining to listen to as, as audio entertainment, but it's a lot more fun to watch and see the expression on my, you know, in that particular instance that Conrad was talking about, we were arguing about whether it was daylight or dark sunset um, in Norfolk, Virginia on one particular night. What Conrad didn't realize is that our show was, um, we had to go two hours early because of NBA playoffs, so it was daytime. I won't go into the whole setup for it, but it got really, really heated. Now, just listening to that, that would have been fun, but watching the expression on Conrad's face, watching me, you know, lose my shit, because I do, I get pretty animated and pretty excited, um, it just adds value. To, to the content. So if you're, if you're not used to being on camera, try to get used to it and have fun with it. And just remember, you're, you're just talking, you're sitting at a kitchen table talking to your friends or your family. You know, you don't think about how many people are out there watching or whether your hair is perfect or your makeup is right. Um, don't worry about any of that. 
because they want to get to know you. They want to get to see you. They want to feel like they're sitting at your kitchen table with you when you're listening to your podcast or in some cases watching your podcast. So just embrace it and don't, uh, don't overthink it. And I think I said this last time, don't overproduce it either. I see a lot of stuff out there now. People really trying hard and they're spending a lot of money and they're, you know, their sets look great. They got all this great lighting and they've got great audio and they've got great equipment, but the content is still kind of blah. I, I, I would, especially if you're just starting out, I would encourage you to, you know, don't worry about what things look like. Worry about how real it feels and whether or not your listener feels like they're sitting at your kitchen table or not. Sorry, went off on a tangent. No, I think that's a great point. You know, you should be relatable. I mean, to be clear, although these guys have worked in television for decades, I have not. You know, by trade, my full-time gig is I do mortgages and have for over 20 years. I just happened to find this podcasting medium an easy way to promote mortgages nationally and not have to pay for the ads. So <laughs> that, that, that's the reason I'm here. But I'm saying all that to say I, I'm not a broadcaster. I have no television or, or, or radio training whatsoever. But just putting yourself out there makes you relatable. It's okay if you flub up a line. Mm -hmm. If we're doing an ad read for a sponsor and I fumble over a word, I make fun of it and keep going and I don't edit it out. And the sponsors don't care because that makes it organic, that makes it real. It doesn't sound like, this Sunday. I mean, it, it, it's real then. And that is what people are looking for. And we just happened to stumble into a bit of luck. Jeff, we started to really grow our podcast network. And one of the trappings of success is you have the opportunity to sell a lot of ads. But then we started to see feedback that, hey, uh, maybe there's too many ads. I don't enjoy the podcast as much as I did. There's too many ads. So we decided, hey, let's give this Patreon thing a try. And that became our first stab at doing a paywall because the easiest thing for us to sell is not necessarily grocery delivery or, in our case, penis pills. Uh, the easiest thing, I mean, y'all know, come on, roll tight on Blue Chew. Give them a shout out here. Use promo code 83weeks and try it for just $5. Uh, Either way, the idea is the easiest thing for us to sell is more of us. And so we actually had the idea in February of 2020 and started promoting that we were going to do like a super Patreon is what we called it internally. But I decided, hey, one of my principles of selling mortgages is you've got to be easy to buy from. So how can I explain what this is? And I decided, okay, if our fan base says we have too many ads, we'll call it adfreeshows.com. So if you go to that, you'll just be redirected to a Patreon. But in everything that we do, we have a simple little domain that's an $8 investment or whatever it is at GoDaddy. And now it's easy for us to market on audio, on video, put it in graphics. But it's never any patreon.com forward slash underscore squiggly line. I'm not doing that. I'm doing adfreeshows.com, but we created it right before the pandemic. We started it in February of 2020. We launched it in March of 2020. We all know what happened. I don't think at the time any of us really knew what would happen, but what we wound up doing is creating our own little community of wrestling fans who, who, who loved our, our product and service. And we're saying like 3,000 fans globally had signed up now and we're paying for the right to, to listen to our shows early and ad-free. But they also got access to, with the different tiers, things like a Discord, and then really cool perks. You could do a Zoom in the middle of the pandemic with WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett or WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff. And more importantly, we had a little events where there was a sense of community. These guys just got to Zoom with each other. We brought people together, and that's really been the coolest part. So when we have events, whether it's live shows or conventions, this group of paywall subscribers, they have their own separate event. Now, it's not ticketed or anything, but it's just this group of guys who've now become like a second family. Right, Jeff? Yeah, and, and next weekend, yeah, 
next weekend we go to Chicago. It's called Top Guy Weekend. And that was something that the different tiers, like you said, ad-free shows, that's uh, the entry level super fan, but the four different levels we have that it, we just keep giving more access. And that to me is kind of part of the brilliance of Conrad is that uh, they didn't like uh, all the ads. What a great problem to have, huh? As a podcaster, too many ads. Okay, how do we solve that? Again, he solved a problem early and ad free. So our my podcast drops on Tuesday mornings. It will drop to the Patreon site most of the time on Mondays, every now and then if we get ahead of things Sunday. Same with Eric. So just having the exclusivity and then as we go up the tiers, the Zoom calls, there's all kind of things. But the kind of the, the, the granddaddy of it all is next we call it top guy in our business top guy is the guy who's in the main events. So these guys feel that they are in the main event slot and they are of our community and next weekend in Chicago we put on a two-day event at a Hyatt up there uh, we'll do we're doing like a, a family feud we're doing all kind of little fun deals but we're doing a stage show just to, it, again we're not just letting them peek behind the curtain top guy weekend they get to step behind the curtain be on stage with us access and all that and so again just bringing them not just as as, as sitting in their house uh, and, and maybe getting it early and ad-free, we actually, those Zoom calls with Eric or myself or others in the family, in our business, and let me back up a little bit is, you know, we, we go to autograph sessions and stuff like that, but you, you have 90 seconds w w with the talent to sign the autographs. In this, when it really drills down, and I tell, at every convention I go to, the best deal in our business today is top uh, is ad free shows because to have the ability to be on a Zoom call with Eric Bischoff and ask him questions and he doesn't just kind of go through the motions he sits and thinks about it that's really exclusive content so again I keep going being repetitive uh, peeking behind the curtain we bring the folks behind the curtain and they are loyal they're super fans uh, I could go on and on about that I won't but, but uh, you know the, the the people that they travel they go to Chicago they came to Nashville two or three weeks ago uh, on the Starcast convention and all that so they are our super 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 fans yeah to be clear our idea is how do we take uh, a pretty mundane free experience and now monetize that and the only thing that they wanted more than just to listen to the show is to be a part of the show and to feel like you have an interaction. Uh, as a little boy, I remember people in Alabama sitting around talking about Elvis Presley and people would go around, oh, I had his first record and so-and-so. Oh, I saw him in concert at so-and-so. My grandfather says, I gave him a ride in 1950-whatever. His car broke down before Elvis was a big superstar and trying to make it in Mississippi, and he gave Elvis a ride. Well, everybody immediately turned, you met Elvis Presley? Well, that's what, you know, your, your faithful, loyal fan base, they, they sort of look up to you that way. And you may not actually think of it that way, but they feel like they know you. Now, you don't know them, but they listen to you every single week, maybe multiple times a week, for sometimes hours on end. So there is a real relationship there. Well, why not sort of cross that barrier and let's make sure that we know who they are. And we get that through the interactive Zooms, Eric, where now you're on a first name basis with a lot of these folks and hang out with some socially. And so it's, not, it's more than just creating a fan base. It's creating a community. It really is. And this is going to sound really corny and cheesy and all that. But early on, when we first started ad-free shows, one of us, and I don't even know who it was, uh, started referring to our subscribers as family. 
instead of subscribers because being a subscriber makes you just feel like a customer. You're just, it's a transaction. And intentionally we started referring and internally and even communicating outside of, out of the office, we kept referring to a new family member as opposed to a new subscriber. That makes them feel differently than getting a membership card in the mail, right? And when we're talking about these Zoom calls that we do, a lot of times the topics vary. There's all kinds of topics, but I'll, if I'm doing a Zoom, for example, I'll get on and there'll be between 30, 40, 50, I've had as high as 60 or 80 people on at one time, all over the world. You know, we've got one, one guy that comes on often, he lives up in uh, Greenland, you know, but he's a, he's a loyal family member. Uh, of ad free shows, but you get on with these people and you do develop a relationship. You laugh with them. You know, oftentimes I do these things at night, so I'll sit back at my desk and I've got a beer in my hand and I'm being as informal as I could possibly be. Because again, I want them to feel like they're in my living room. I don't want to. I don't want them to feel like they're watching me on television. It kind of defeats the purpose. So just kick back and have fun with them, and you start to see these relationships develop. And over the, and here's something that's really cool. When Conrad said, yeah, they, they want to be a part of the show. Well, we've got two or three, maybe more hosts now, people that regularly host these Zoom experiences with our fans. That started out as family members. They were subscribers. And they just offered to try to help and they took a particular interest. Some of them have really, really natural talent and are really good at it and are having fun with it and now regularly co-host some of the podcasts. You know, if Conrad's traveling, he can't do something. You know, we got a guy by the name of Paulie Bromwell that just kind of came up, rose up out of the ashes and, and he's a big part of our staff now. Uh, Lauren Yaffe, another uh, a girl from, I think she lived in South Carolina at the time, Huge wrestling fan, saw some, saw some potential in her. Now she's hosting a lot of the stuff that we do. Oh, yeah, and she got a gig working at a television station. I mean, it's kind of cool. And you see these relationships develop right in front of your eyes because they're all, they all start out, they have something in common. They love the nostalgia of wrestling and talking about wrestling and the hosts and the co-hosts. That's what brought them to the party. But you start watching them share experiences and showing up at some of our events. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be kids running around in another couple of years that are a result of this guy. Right? Not directly. <laughs> not directly. <laughs> but, but we are really building a family, folks, when I say it. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, maybe one of the, the coolest parts is that we've seen some of the folks who have become these fanatical fans and now are a part of our Patreon they then take it onto their own to grow it through their social, Jeff. So we make that part of the show where we end every topic with, hey, you guys asked questions, and, and we solicit questions for these different topics. So let's go back. We're going to talk about Labor Day, Nitro, 1996. We would say, hey, have any questions? And then we would pick the best ones on social. But we also go to our paywall, ask the same thing, and we make sure to ask those guys, name drop them. And if we know there's something going on in their life, we might say, hey, congrats on the new promotion, Coach Rosie, or you know, congrats so-and-so on the new baby. Boy, they just share that all over everywhere on their social, and they become real warriors for spreading the word about our podcast. They'll change their social headers, their profile pictures, but every single episode, they're tweeting about it as much as we are. Right, Jeff? Yeah, and that's, to me, uh, so uh, I want to make sure I explain this right, but early and ad-free is the Patreon site. So if my podcast comes out, 
on a Monday to the uh, Patreon members, but doesn't drop to the masses on Tuesday. Well, those ad-free members get to hear it early, and what do they want to do? They want to brag about it a little bit. And so they'll go on their socials and say, hey, I can't believe Conrad and Jeff or Conrad and Eric said this, this, and this. It is, they, they are advertising for us. So they're not only, um, uh, you know, promoting to their, 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 their social fan base, it gives us as a team an opportunity to really just hit retweet or repost, and then there's a testimony coming right out of the movie theater. We watched this movie, we loved it, it was great. Oh, by the way, now we can spread it to the masses. And word of mouth can happen instantaneously. And I think that, again, is just kind of layered up promotion, but it's real, it's authentic, and their listeners are picking out the best spots. And, in, and a lot of times in our case, you'll, we'll see a tweet that some, the, the story really resonated, which gives our social team, hey, I'm going to go back and pick that YouTube clip because it was funny. It's, it's, it's again, the synergy, I hate to use that word because it feels old and dead, but it really is. We're listening to that constant feedback. We go back in our archive, pick it up on the YouTube. And, 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 and that's the thing, too, about our, our catalog that I'll do a podcast four months ago, uh, but it'll come back up in some kind of website or some kind of story that we didn't generate, but we have the ability to, hey, if you want to know more about this topic, because this guy over here on social referenced it, go to episode 34 and Labor Day weekend, and you're going to find this out. So again, it's just in a lot of ways that snowball effect that social media, YouTube, it, it just keeps going and going and going. The other thing I want to mention is, you know, we like to say a lot of times history repeats itself. Well, a lot of the stories and, and things that are happening now in professional wrestling in that niche, there was a similar version of that that happened 25, 30 years ago. So we're going to draw that parallel on our show. But we don't just give access to these shows early and ad-free to our paying subscribers. We also co-opt the niche media in meaning we comp all of those guys who are going to be reporting on the business of professional wrestling subscription to our site. And the reason we do that is because if they have it a day early, now it feels like they have a scoop for their website. So if they heard the podcast at the same time everyone else did, in Jeff's case, on Tuesday, well, now it's not as newsworthy. But if these individual news sites feel like they're getting a scoop because they get to hear it a day early by posting it on their site, by posting it on their social, they promote as heard on. So co-opting those journalists, that's maybe not the right word, but the idea is, hey, we're giving you access early too. It helps their traffic, which helps our traffic, right, Eric? Yeah, and I don't want to make this sound like my shows are too contrived. But typically, I'll know a couple of days in advance what we're going to talk about. And I'll ha I don't script anything out of my head. I like to be as, as um, spontaneous as possible whenever I do a show and, and loose. But I do have a couple of ideas of some headlines that I know I'm going to grab because I can anticipate the kind of conversation we're going to have. I know the subject matter we're going to talk about. And if Conrad doesn't tee it up for me, I'll weave the conversation in a direction where I can make a comment or two that I know the, what I call them peripheral media, the wrestling media, um, I know that they'll respond to because it's clickbait. I'm giving them their clickbait, but it's coming out of my mouth intentionally. And I do it not just to piss people off, because sometimes it does, but I do it to create controversy, to, to create conversation. 
buzz, whatever you want to call it, and it works really well. And now they're going to hear this, and they, they're going to know or realize that I've been manipulating them all this time for free, for free push, but they'll do it anyway because they like the headlines. Can I, can I take one second, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to expand a little bit on what Jeff said. You know, we, we often hear about, you know, when we're building a community, well, we, what, what's the most important thing? Well, engagement. And engagement is such a big, broad word. And, you know, what is engagement? How do you really engage your audience? To me, personally, it's, I'll go through my social media. If I've got downtime and if I see something from... You know, someone I've never heard of before, somebody that follows me, tweets something that's interesting or funny, or in some cases, you know, heartwarming, I'll retweet that for them. Or I'll make a quick comment, two or three words. I'll actually respond to them. You'd be amazed how powerful of a tool that is. And I, I also know that there, I know some people who do similar things that we do, and they only respond to the blue check marks. Eh, that's obvious. So I think really just taking the time to engage with the people that follow you is important. And another thing that I, I works really well for me has is just calling fans randomly. Like I'll get a hold of a, the guy that manages our ad-free show site, our Patreon site, and he's got a database. He's got all kinds of information in there. And I'll call him usually once every two weeks or three weeks or send him an email and say, hey, give me a list of 10 names. Just 10 random names of people that are part of our family. Give me their phone numbers, and then usually it's on weekends because that's the only time I can catch people at home. I'll just randomly call them and shoot the shit. Just on a Saturday afternoon. They don't know I'm calling. It wasn't part of a promotion. They didn't expect it, which is the beauty of it because then it's added value, right? They're getting something nobody else they know gets. They're getting a phone call, random phone call from Jeff Jarrett or myself or Conrad just to shoot the breeze and like, like anybody else would. Really, really powerful. And guess what they do the minute I hang up the phone? And now everybody that follows them is thinking, hey, I want them to call me. And it's so cheap, it's so easy, and I swear to you, it'll make you feel so good. Because there's nothing like calling somebody from out of the blue, picking up the phone, saying, hey, this is Eric Bischoff, what are you up to today? Get the hell out of here. It is not. No, it is. It really is. But it's, it's a really powerful tool, and it makes you feel good. You enjoy doing it. It takes, about, takes me about 40 minutes to get through 10 names because you, you don't get through every, you know, you have to leave messages and things like that, which, by the way, works because you can leave some really cool messages for people, and then they save the messages and play them for their friends. It's awesome, so I encourage you to do that. Figure, think of fun ways to engage that's maybe different than you read about in a book. Yeah, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about my grandfather. That guy got his Elvis experience. He hung up, told all of his wrestling friends who listened to this, hey, man, you won't believe this. Eric Bischoff just called me. And to Eric's point, he's going to go immediately to social media and start tweeting about it, and half the comments are going to be, how do I get a call from Eric? So what do you know, as a business person, we're running a promotion this weekend. Sign up for adfreeshows.com, get a call from Eric Bischoff, and fans are thrilled to hear from you. Are they not, Jeff? They are. It's, again, oh boy, uh, use Eric's word. The engagement, the real authentic engagement. The fans know it. That's what they want access for it to. You know, 20 years ago, our business was uh, so close-minded, but it was before social media. So now we know, the whole world knows what, 
Trump or Biden, I better not say politics, but Kardashians. I mean, we, we, there's so much Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. There is so, we, we know what's going on. So why not use that to our advantage? And, and again, the, 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 the people with, with, I call it the Apple generation, you know, it, it's not cash, it's not a card, it's my, my kids, I got five kids. I mean, they understand Venmo, it's a click of a button. So why not give them something to click on and that's in our world, the ad-free community. The other cool thing we do uh, is, is we don't just deliver what we're supposed to. So our top tier perk, as, as you heard, Jeff refer to it as Top Guy Weekend. And those folks pay $99 a month. And for that, they get obviously every perk that we have. You get all the shows early, you get bonus content, you get interactive Zooms every single month with the talent. You also get swag at your house every quarter. But then once a year, you get to come spend the weekend with us and leave your wallet at home. We're going to eat breakfast together and lunch together and supper together and tell stories and, and, and play games and watch old wrestling. And you get a real experience. So there's photos and autographs and all that, but not newly monetized. They've paid that, and they're part of the, the, the family now, so to speak. But when they just get a surprise autographed 8x10 or a surprise trading card or whatever, Eric, what do they do with it? They take it out, they set up their camera, and... Take a picture, and it's all over social media. It's... It, it, and it's funny when we sit up here, because we do it every day. Now it's second nature. You know, we just do this every single day, like breathing. But it's such an easy thing to do. It's so simple. There's no magic formula. There's no secret sauce. It's just take the time and reach out and touch these people. Whether it's sending them something autographed or just picking up the phone and giving them a shout and seeing how their family's doing, whatever it is, just engage and keep it simple and just do it. But do it consistently. That's the other thing. You've got to do it consistently. I want to mention, too, you know, one of the dynamics here is let's combine not just a, a podcast, but a whole bunch of podcasts. So we've got over a dozen that are wrestling-related podcasts that are all driving traffic here to build this big community. And as a result, you get to leverage everyone's social, social media and their fan base. I'm saying all that to say don't get so singular-focused that you think, well, no, I don't want to co-mingle funds. If you're like-minded and we can get on the same page about let's develop, develop a big audience and create some loyalty, you can overwhelm them with value. For instance, when we started, we had less than, I think we had six podcasts when we started. We've now more than doubled that. We haven't raised our prices one time. But our revenues are going up because we're selling more memberships. Uh, so as long as revenue is headed in the right direction and with proper promotion, you should be there. Uh, that's how we've done it. So we got a handful of minutes left, and I think James is running around here somewhere. You guys are going to be able to ask us questions. So if you got a question, throw your hand up. James running around with a microphone. He'll come to you, and we'll try to have a chat. Hi. So we have uh, audio only, basically, right now for our podcast. And how are you capturing information from your followers? Like, how are you getting their contact information where you can actually reach out and touch them and do exactly what you're saying? I know it sounds crazy, we just ask. Uh, so we've developed a newsletter so we can email blast and we've developed a really strong list that way. And we would usually do it through different campaigns, believe it or not, to poll for advertising. You know, a lot of the different agencies would say, hey, can you help us more clearly define who your listeners are? Uh, so we would do a survey, and the way we would encourage folks to do it, because if you're like me and you're calling in and you're on an automated system, and press 9 if you'd be willing to do a survey at the end. I never press 9. I don't want to do the survey. 
But what our listeners want is more of our content. So we'll say, hey, we'll give you guys a bonus episode if you'll help us fill this survey out. We need to get this many responses. Well, everyone wants that topic because we've made sure we've held a few special topics back. So now it feels like a real treat to have that episode early and ad-free and all that extra content. Well, in reality, what we did is we just polled 10,000 people. We have those results. We have their email address. We have their cell phone. We have their phone number. I'm not going to sell that. I'm going to use it for my own marketing purposes. But they answered a bunch of questions about how old are you? What's your household income? Do you have a mortgage? Do you have a car? All of that information arms us on the monetization side when it comes to selling the ads. But I know it sounds crazy. We just ask. And when you say, hey, we'd like your email address, we want to send you some free stuff. Hey, we'd like your mailing address, we want to send you some free stuff. It sounds like BS. But when our fans say, well, I never got a credit card offer, but I did get a cool action figure from Jeff Jarrett, ta-da, they're going to give it willingly. And now we've got that information to just keep in front of them with what our content is. Let's do another one, James. Guys, I uh, appreciate the time. Congratulations, Conrad, on the show in Nashville, by the way, at Ric Flair. Thank Great you. seeing you guys as well, uh, Jeff and everybody. Uh, but I do have a question. Is when you guys are doing all your podcasts are mainly nostalgia and doing history, I know, Eric, you've done a segment about AEW in the last month and a half, two months, about that show and how it's going. Do you guys tend to stay away from the dirt sheets and the, the, the rumors and all that and the current model of wrestling, or, or is that something you guys stay away from? going forward or is it kind of like oh, we stick with history because it works out better for you know impressions or whatever you want to do for analytics well that's a great question but largely what we want to do is we want to talk about their experience so uh jeff and i were at dinner last night and jeff shared a story with with eric and myself and we both looked at each other and said jeff we have to tell that story next week uh it was the story of the day vince mcmahon left the company. Uh, Jeff was in the room when everyone found out. That's a hell of a story that if he was still working with WWE, we probably couldn't talk about. But since he's now a free agent, well, now we can talk about it. Now, could I talk about that same day with Eric? No, he wasn't there. Uh, but if there are things that are happening in AEW, as you said today, that Eric thinks there's a parallel to when he had a show on TNT, then we can certainly talk about that. But as a rule of thumb, we never want to be critical of the, the performers in the ring and, and, and potentially hurt someone's income or, or what have you. But we're also not going to speak about things we weren't actually there for. Right, Eric? Yeah, and you touched on it earlier. You know, I mean, history does repeat itself, and we're seeing a lot of the same stories play out currently in AEW that I experienced, you know, in WCW uh, when I was running that company for Ted Turner. Whenever grows too fast, you have growing pains. It takes a while to, to, to develop your business as a mature business because you're so busy trying to move forward. I'll just call it growing pains. I went through them. AEW's going through them right now. Now, will we talk about the fact that AEW's got issues going on behind this? AEW is a wrestling, new wrestling company, for those of you that don't know. Will we talk about the fact that there's a lot of drama going on behind the scenes and how that affects the product and how that affects morale? We'll acknowledge it, we'll talk about it, but I'll tie it into my own experience at WCW to draw that parallel and then we'll move on. By the way, that is the opportunity that I force feed when I know I need a headline or two. I'll just mention about something that's happening currently. Either I'll, you know, I'll, I'll compliment somebody that they don't expect me to compliment, or I'll be critical of someone that they wouldn't expect me to be critical of. Either way, I'm going to get a headline out of it, and I'm going to get press out of it. Let's do another one, James. Hey, first of all, I want to say 
thank you. This has been a great session. So I really appreciate you. your, your time here today. You guys have done an no, outstanding thank job. Thank everyone for coming. <laughs> Um, so my question is this, my name's Andrea, I'm a heart failure survivor, and I am trying to come up with my concept for my podcast here this week, and my question is, how, what type of numbers are you, are good to look for in a niche? So for example, there's 6.2 million adults in the U.S. that have heart failure. Is that enough or should I broaden it to include people with heart disease and there's 16.3 million people with heart disease? So should I focus on the grand scheme of heart disease or is 6.2 million people with heart failure, is that enough of an audience to form a successful podcast? Well, that's a great question, uh, but I guess it's not maybe enough information for me to answer you. I guess my, my follow-up question would be, do you plan to make this a business, or is this just going to be a passion project? Because, by the way, I have friends who have podcasts both ways, and there's no wrong answer. But what is your goal with the podcast? To help people, so it's more of a passion prog. yeah. Then I think you should talk about what you're passionate about. Uh, that's the answer. Now, if, if it's something where we're trying to see, hey, how big of an audience can we get and can we grow this into a business and I want to be a full-time podcaster, maybe then you do need to cast a wider net. But if you just know I'm passionate about this and I want to help people, let's talk about what you're passionate about and the, and, and the content will be great. And it might be niche, but so is uh, nostalgic pro wrestling and it could still be successful. And just to add to that, too, if you're really passionate about that, if your passion is to help people who are heart failure survivors, um, the audience will find you, too. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, if you're good at it and you're really helping people and, and people find your story compelling and your advice compelling, those other 16 million people, some of those people will find you, too. So Conrad's advice is right, man. Go, with what, go where your passion is and the audience will find you. And try to make it interactive, you know. I know this sounds silly, but there's an old saying, selling ain't telling. You're supposed to ask questions. You should look for a, con don't talk at people, have a conversation with people. You know, the, I know the buzzword for everyone these days, and we've said it a lot up here, is engagement. But really, it's about a relationship. When you start to develop a relationship with those folks, you know, some of you are still probably friends with people you were friends with in middle school, and now you've grown way apart and have nothing in common, but we're still friends because you have something in common, and it was, you know, second grade math or whatever it is. But uh, now with heart failure, man, there's, there's got to be a sense of camaraderie there that you can build upon. James, we got time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Thank you for letting me be the last one. This was amazing. The question I Thank have you. is, yeah. So for the $8 paywall, you have, um, they get no ads. They also... They get the ad, they get the, the shows early. Do they get bonus content too? Yeah, so there's different tiers. So uh, it starts at $9 a month, and then we've got a $29, and that's where they would get access to all the bonus content. $49 is where they would get the interactive stuff. So they would get to talk to Jeff every month and talk to Eric every month. Not one, but all of the guys. And then at the $99 level, they get to do all of that, but then come have our fun Top Guy weekend where they see wrestling shows, wrestling matches, meet wrestling personalities, photos, pictures, autographs, and don't pay for anything that weekend. It's just included in their subscription. So there's four tiers, $9 all the way up to $99. Thank you. Well, I think we're out of time, boys and girls. Thank you very much for coming out to Podcast Movement. Thank you all very much. Thank you very much. <laughs>